0: Year splitting before match point. Landa. Jim, turn back and wins. Setting up Peterson again. Block! Boilermakers do it! They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five and advance to the Sweet 16 for the third consecutive year. And the Boilermakers are moving on! The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast, Corey Palm with Dave Shondell, coach. uh, Another successful weekend, 3-0 on the home boards in the Reamer Extra Special uh, tournament last weekend. I'm sure I butchered that name, but the result on the floor is, is what really matters.
1: I think you got the name pretty close. <laughs> I think it should be the, the Reamer Extra Special Classic as opposed to just the tournament, but uh, maybe we can get that uh, evolved uh, yeah. by next year, but it was a good tournament. I thought we, we had good competition, and Bradley, who's you know picked to finish in the top three or four of, uh, of their league, and um, Milwaukee, who's picked first or second, depending on who you talk to in the horizon, and then you've got Utah, who's been a you know, a really good program for a long time, and uh, they played very, very well against us in that Friday night match. I thought both teams performed very well. So we, we had a good field. Um, we managed to win all three matches. And as I've talked about before, we're playing teams that are going to win lots of matches. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe Milwaukee's not going to win twenty, but they look to me like a team that's going to win twenty. Bradley's going to win fifteen to eighteen. Um, Utah, obviously, when they get in the Pac-12, it's a meat grinder, kind of like what we're going to find out. But I think they're going to get, you know, 17 to 20 wins. And you go back and look at the teams we played the first weekend, they're all going to be, in my opinion, between 20 and 25. So that's what you try to put together when you put this non-conference slate together. And then we go this weekend to Louisville, who probably should win over 25. Um, in, in, on their schedule, and then you're going to play either Lipscomb or Xavier, and they're probably going to be teams that might be closer to the 500 mark, which is where they were a year ago. I hope they do better.
0: Friday morning last week, you kicked off the tournament with uh, with the, the Bradley Braves and uh, made quick work. I think you were on the on the floor for 75 minutes total. Um, just uh, in matches like that, where the scores per set can be pretty close but it's you know the longer you play the 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 talent disparity mm-hmm. becomes apparent uh, what what can you learn from from your club
1: well in that match and I told our squad afterwards I thought Bradley gave us a lot of points so it was hard to really dictate how well we played when a team was making errors and that's with Bradley coming into a big 10 venue and being a little nervous and, and maybe not believing that they were going to be able to compete at the highest level against us. And therefore, they, they're tight and, and they made a lot of hitting errors and some service errors and some things like that. They played much better as that tournament went on. And which is why I believe they're going to have a successful season. They, they're big physical. They have got to be the biggest team in that conference physically. Um, but I, you know obviously, Eva came out and, and, and got us started again. And we had good performances um, you know by, by several people. And we, we got a chance to play. I mean, in, in that particular match, Sydney M gets her first assist mm-hmm. and her first dig. Uh, Emily Rastofsky gets her first kill of her career. And Lourdes Myers does the same thing. So it was neat when these kids that have been have redshirted for a year and they haven't had a chance to, to be in the spotlight and opening match of the home season you get them in there and they go out and they play really really well which is another indication that we've got players Mm -hmm. and just because they weren't starting on a 21 person roster a year ago doesn't mean they weren't good and I I think we've got some quality players
0: we're going to talk about not the last time we saw them uh, that group of players last weekend we'll we'll get to that in a minute Friday night uh, sort of the the showcase match of the weekend Mm -hmm. Utah Utes it goes five it was a great fight and you know, a great atmosphere in Holloway right. Gym, live in the Big Ten Network. Um, I, I thought you guys showed a lot of resilience, you know, with mm-hmm. your backs against the wall a couple different times and came out really, you know, a great fight at the end of the fourth set.
1: That mm-hmm. Almost came back to win that one. You know,
0: almost came back to win that one down, down a couple points in the 20s mm-hmm. and uh, almost came back to win it, forced it to 28-26 and then carried that momentum into the fifth.
1: Yeah, I would have thought if we played as well as we played that night, we would win that in three or four. But I underestimated what Utah was capable of doing. And uh, clearly they had the Robinson kid that uh, was the Pac-12 player of the week this past week. Yeah. And you know she put on an offensive clinic, a real high flyer. And again, we may not have have shown enough respect for her, even though she was, you know, all pack 12 player a year ago, and and has proven, you know, her worth. But she was really, really good against us, and I thought their their arms were live, and they competed. Both teams competed, and I said afterwards that it was one of the best matches played in Holloway Gym in a long time. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was back and forth, and teams competed, and. Um, uh, the fans were, were just going crazy. What a great crowd it was that yeah, night. Was. And, and again, I give you know our, our people, our, our Boilermaker faithful, a lot of credit. If that match is played in Utah, we may not win it. Um, but I thought the fan was behind. Fans were behind us. Did a great job of staying involved all night long.
0: Saturday, you take on the, the Milwaukee Panthers. They come in, and as you said, they're an impressive collection as well. They took Utah to five as well before falling just short mm-hmm. on Friday. Um, you seemed to be in control, playing really well the first couple sets, Mm -hmm. and then made some some substitutions. No, what we
1: did was we made a made a lineup error. Well, yeah, uh, in in volleyball, and and I don't know how many of our fans have ever filled out a a a lineup card before a a volleyball match, and probably not very many of them. But it and it's the only sport where if you don't put somebody in a number in the right spot. Um, you got a problem. Right. And at the Division One collegiate level, you don't want to do that against anybody. And what I basically did was, I don't know if the right, the right ter- term is superimposed or whatever, but I, I flip-flopped 7 and 17. And in my mind, I've told my family this because they thought I was losing my mind.
0: <laughs> they all and, understand. <laughs> and, uh,
1: and so I told them, I said, my problem is is that usually the middle blockers have higher numbers. Outside hitters have I put them in the four through ten range. Well, somehow Raven ends up with seven, who's a middle blocker. Eva ends up with seventeen, and I don't even remember assigning her that number. Okay, so in my mind, when I put them down, I'm 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 constantly having to fight the seven and seventeen and put them in the wrong spot. Well, long story short, you put your, your your two is of your highest scoring players in the wrong spot. And the only way to get us back to being in system where our middles were opposite each other and our left sides were opposite each, opposite each other and our libero could go in for our middles and our substitution pattern was to sub another outside for the middle and another middle for the outside. And that's what I did. And I'm thinking we're up two games to zero and and we are st- still got good players. And we'll, we'll go out and be fine. But um, the ship had already sailed. I think that uh, we, they, uh, Milwaukee saw blood in the water as they're looking across the nets and this team's a little confused right now. And that was all my fault, all my fault for doing that. And I've even got a guy that checks my, my sheet before I turn it in. So mostly my fault, partially his fault that we didn't get that done. But it was it was a night, we were live I was living a nightmare, Carrie, for the, Corey, for the next two, uh, next two sets because we barely won that one in four and it could have gone to five and it would have just been tough. When that match was over, I was so happy.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, get, you get past Milwaukee and in for once things got flipped back around, once things, you know, became— uh, well, They
1: didn't get flipped around until it was over. Until And, till it was and over. Chin hit that off-speed shot that found pay dirt, and it was over, and, and uh, we had a big sigh of relief.
0: <laughs> so 3-0 on the weekend. Uh, you've been talking for a while about Maddie Skimmerhorn. Mm-hmm. This was the first weekend I first action game okay. action I'd gotten to see. her play you think? Play libero. She's fantastic. Yeah, she is all over the floor. She is she's digging everything within you know spin well, distance.
1: You know we we've seen it in, in our gym. People don't get a chance to watch what goes on every night in your gym, and uh, I, I always felt like she was right with Otech and Horning uh, Allie I mean not Allie Horning, but Mo Horning, both who had been here for a long time. But those guys have that veteran presence and, and, and calm and, and confident on the floor, so you, you go with them. But I always felt like, boy, Skim was playing every bit as good of them as them. And then this summer, you know, it's kind of her spot. She's in a little bit of a battle with Allie, who's a great player as well in, in serve, receive, and, and, and defense. But Skim special. She's just got tremendous positive qualities, and uh, she covers it. A ton of ground, and her passing skills are solid, and she's given us just great leadership on the floor and off the floor. So no, she's been a delight, and probably, you know, one of the, the three or four biggest reasons why we're in a in a better position right now than most of the country thought we would be in.
0: Well, the other thing I love that you said doesn't necessarily come through in the play is that she's taken on that leadership role mm-hmm. as well with mm-hmm. with the team, which is, you know. There's some people that can do that, and there's some people that can't. To, to see someone in that role be able to do that is... is well,
1: she's such a positive person. She's a wonderful human being. And so when that person is in charge, and she has to bring the team in and get on them, they realize, okay, there, there might be an issue here. We probably aren't doing what we need to do. Yeah. But there'll be times in practice, there might be two two or three times of practice every night where she just, we might be in the middle of a drill, and we take pride in being a player-led team. So I don't stop them and say, come on, let's go, let's get going here. I let them have their time to talk to each other and get it worked out. Sometimes my patience is being pulled a little bit, but I think it's important that they're running the team. And, and she's doing a great job with, with help of, of a few others, but uh, she's doing a really good job of taking leadership.
0: One interesting thing I think, looking at the statistics through two weeks, through 22 sets that, that y'all have played, uh, Eva leads the team in kills, uh, almost four and a half kills per set. 96 kills on the year. Raven and Hannah Clayton, Ra- Raven Colvin and Hannah Clayton are two and three in kills. To have two middles being producing at that rate uh, offensively is it, is kind of unusual, no?
1: It's, it's a little unusual, but then you've got a fifth-year you know, middle attacker in, in Hannah Clayton and then a t- terrific athlete that is really your only starter back um, in Raven. And you know, the tendency is for the ball to find them. And, so, um, and I'm just so happy Meg is gaining confidence in getting the ball to those middles. It's, it's a little harder set to get the ball to your middles a lot um, than it is to throw it outside and let it hang up for your outside hitters. But uh, she's got a really, really good feel for Hannah Clayton right now, which is wonderful. They've got a little bit of an Iowa connection because Meg is from Iowa, and Clayton spent, you know, four years in Iowa in Iowa City. Um, and she's doing better now with, uh, especially behind the setter. We're making a lot of progress in our ability to hit behind the setter, and as soon as Raven grasps that. Uh, the way she does everything else, then it's going to open her up to, to really have some big nights. But, yeah, that's, that is a little unusual, but it's a positive thing. It means we're passing the ball well enough and handling the ball well enough in our first contact that we're able to get the ball to our middles. I mean,
0: really, I would think difficult to defend on the other side because you, you normally you're set up to yeah. to load up on the outside hitters. But yeah. if, if the other team can – It can really keep, keep them, them off balance,
1: especially it. if your middles are running different routes yeah. and,
0: and keeping uh, the middle blocker off balance. We'll preview the upcoming weekend in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. Let's go ahead and look ahead to this weekend. You guys head down to Lowell on the road, a little little bus trip down to... uh, down to Louisville Kentucky to take on the Cardinals and an unknown opponent in game two but I know all of the attention is on number four ranked Louisville
1: yeah Louisville you know punched us in the mouth last year we had a really good team with lots of experience and we, we had beaten Louisville the year before down when this tournament was played in Lipscomb and uh and then we uh we we just get jolted by them and and they had they were really good. Uh, they had a setter that was playing as well as any setter in the country, and they had Anna Stevenson, a middle that is as faster than lightning. That's with the USA national team right now. She's a small middle at about about Raven size, uh, but boy, was she, is she fast! And and then they had you know a lot of the same players they have this year. They were good on the pins. They were fast on the pins, and they competed really hard. Now. They graduated their setter and they graduated their uh, their middle Anna Stevenson, but they have everybody else back and they've got a transfer setter from USC who's playing very very well, and uh, they filled the middle spot with a six foot six inch kid right out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, Blackhawk Christian. You probably knows the first family, um, but um, she's uh, you know she probably doesn't get set as much as the rest of the people do, but she's very capable, and so they're they're good. I I can't tell if they're as good right now as they were a year ago at this time. Um, I'm still evaluating that. It really doesn't matter. We're going to play them either way. Right. Um, but they certainly have a lot more experience back than we do. But um, I, I like the fact that you know we're going to go down there and compete, and we have nothing really to lose in, in that particular match. And nobody really probably expects us to go into that little cracker box gym they got. It's a, it's kind of like our gym, um, only smaller. Okay. And. Um, they, they sell out every match. You can't get a ticket. Our fans can't get a ticket to go down there unless they're on the pass list. So it'll be an all you know, pretty much an all-Louisville crowd, which will be a great experience. Again, you know, we, we faced the challenge and went to Tennessee you know, first weekend of the year and did a nice job, and now we're going to go right back and face you know, a, a tough environment, which is exactly what we need to do to get ready for Big Ten Conference.
0: That match, 7 o'clock Friday night. It'll be on uh, the ACC Network Plus, so streaming live on, on ACC. Um, and then you'll take on either Xavier or Lipscomb, depending on Friday's results right. uh, at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Either way, we'll
1: play at 4 o'clock on, on Saturday, so that's nice at least to know what time we're going to play. We just don't know if it will be Lipscomb or Xavier. This is kind of a tournament tournament format, basically, where there's four teams, kind of like a Mm -hmm. sub-regional. You know who you're playing the first match, but you better have your report ready for the next two, because it's going to be a short turnaround to get ready for them.
0: And I really like that this is the third year in a row with this particular grouping. Uh, Lipskin, you were down in Nashville in 2019. You were in uh, Cincinnati in 2020
1: we actually had it here the first year i think
0: did we okay i hadn't gotten that far back Um, because i think
1: this is the last year for that contract and i don't think that we're going to continue it um, at this point Um, we we might but i don't think there's a lot of movement in that direction
0: okay okay something something new on the horizon for next year yeah that's good good
1: fun fact for our fans out there
0: for sure uh so one thing i think is interesting um we were talking a little bit before we came on air the uh one of the one of the roles that you serve uh in your coaching responsibilities is being on the the panel that selects the top 25 every week and uh sort of the if you could shed some light on the process behind that and sort of sort of how much of your week that takes yeah well
1: it doesn't take a a ton of my time but i do i do pay a lot of attention not just because I'm, i'm voting i like to know who's playing well, and, and especially some of those teams that we're going to be playing, but there are 60 coaches on the AVCA coaches poll. And not all of them remember to vote every week, to be honest with you, I'm always surprised. I don't think I've missed a week in, in the four to five years that I've been on the, the panel. But um, you know, you get all the information sent to you on the results of all those teams that have been getting votes and everybody else. And um, then you try to do your research by watching matches on TV, which a good coach is gonna do anyway. They wanna see as many people out there. But then I'll, I'll start, I'll get on what's, Rich Kern has a, a website that has all the scores. And so you can just hit hit the number of a, of a school and it will show you all their, all their school scores from, the past, from this season. And then you might say, well, how are they gonna compare against this team? So then you find them. And anyway, it's, it's not a science and they don't tell you okay vote for who you think are the best teams right now or do you vote for who you think is going to be the best teams down the road you know who who is going to evolve into those good teams and you try to give credit to teams that are having that are hot right now like i voted mississippi state uh in the top 25 and arkansas which are two teams that have not been uh, powerhouses you know in years past but right now they're both playing very well and they have some good wins under their belt um I, i don't just Throw a bunch of Big Ten teams in there because I'm a, a Big Ten homer um, but I, I try to try to be fair and look at the talent level that we got I think my first five this week were um, Texas who has shown that they are definitely the team to beat and then Minnesota and Nebraska I'm not sure what order they were in but I think that they were the, the two and the three uh, with Louisville and then I think Wisconsin so, I mean, I, I'm not a Big Ten homer, but I did put three Big Ten teams right. in there because I think that they're right now physically the best. And then you get into Georgia Techs and, uh, you know, some people like that that are, that are coming up very, very quick. But I think Stanford is a team that I watched Stanford play Florida and I thought both of them looked like they were top 12 level teams when I watched them play. I saw Marquette play Wisconsin. And even though Wisconsin turned it on at the end and showed that, you know, Coach Sheffield has great talent again, but Marquette was really impressive. So because I watched that and I looked at Marquette scores and they, they beat Kentucky the first week of the season, I thought, man, they're legitimate. So I you know, I moved them up a little bit. So, you know, I'm paying attention to to what's going on. It doesn't mean I'm getting it right, right, but it definitely means I'm paying attention to it and trying to do the best I can to give all teams that are worthy the opportunity to get some some mention. But keep in mind the top twenty five means nothing in regards to NCAA yeah. tournament placement, which is what we're all fighting for, okay? that they don't even The committee doesn't even look at that. They could care less what 60 coaches think. They could care less what other polls think. It basically, it comes down to the RPI and maybe what they had for coffee and what kind of coffee they like had. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: To sort of bolster your take that you're not a Big Ten homer, there are five Big Ten teams in the top nine in the poll this week, uh, including your Boilermakers at number nine, yeah. starting this season – Thirteenth, climbed a and, little
1: bit, and I, and I did not put us nine. No, just to be honest with you, I think I had us maybe fourteen. Okay, um, I'm not going to stick us up there any higher than than I think anybody else would. But I uh, right now I don't think that we've we've shown yet that we're a top ten team. I hope that will happen this week when we play play Louisville. But um, I just think there's there's five teams I think that you look at and think okay. I mean, first of all, it was Texas. The next four. <laughs> And then I think after that it's a crapshoot through about the next fifteen to twenty, and uh, so you know we'll we'll see how it plays out. But it's you know, we've only played two weeks of volleyball so far.
0: For sure, and a team like not to not to you know spend too much time on this topic. I just think it's fascinating. It's all you know, a team like Ohio State. They're one in three, but their mm-hmm. three losses are Texas twice mm-hmm. and San Diego. Yeah. Uh, you know San Diego's a top twelve team this week. They're yeah. a very good club, and and, little, and
1: and San Diego probably is undervalued. It just takes for some reason in this coaches poll because there's so many coaches, mm-hmm. it takes a while for a team that has not been a top ten team um, to rise to get to the top ten uh, for whatever reason. I think. And and people can get on the ABCA and find out how every coach votes. Okay, yeah. and so if if you would if they check that, I think I had San Diego in the top ten because I think that they've they've proven that they're right now they're as as good as any other for the top ten.
0: Ohio State proves how that they are. Ohio, they, you know, Ohio State's and Ohio
1: State's being. Recognized a little bit for how good they were in the last couple of seasons yep. and they got everybody basically everybody back minus a transfer that went to uh, Minnesota and they opened up with Texas and they, and they scored points I mean it was a close match they won one set out of out of seven but they were competitive probably a little disappointed that they didn't win a few more and then they beat Louisville that has to be in the docket. Yep. That was their last match. On Sunday, they beat Louisville, but they've also lost to San Diego, who has transfer center from Penn State, uh, an outside hitter that transferred from Indiana as well, that's playing really well for them. So, um, you know, I, I think that they're, they're, they're right now, they, they belong in the top 10, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
0: It is early, as you said. Thanks for, thanks for that window into the process. Well, that will there.
1: probably just open up some more complaints, nah. but uh, we'll see how it works.
0: Everybody's gonna, somebody's going to complain about something. Uh, last thought on the week. Um, we know you've got two matches. We know it's back on the road. What are you looking for out of your squad that results aside? Obviously, you're looking for two wins. Now, results aside, what are you looking for out of your team?
1: We have to play harder. And that's something we always take pride in here. But we have to play harder than we've ever played before at Purdue. Uh, That's what this team has to understand. And because I think athletically, we've we've got some pieces. But we have to play harder. We have to compete in every drill that we're in, every match, every time we step on the floor. We cannot let any team that we play play harder than we do. And if if somebody does play harder than us, guess what? They're going to beat us. They're going to beat us. So that gives us a chance to, to beat any, I think it's one of those deals. We can beat anybody we play, we can lose to anybody we play. I mean, that's, that's where I think our, our, our team is right now. Um, but uh, we're trying to get them to, to continue to compete and fight and play harder all the time. And I'm seeing it, I'm seeing, I'm seeing progress. Take somebody like uh, Lourdes Myers, you know, who's kind of still new to getting on the floor and playing, but she's starting to smell it. She's starting to understand, she's got a chance to, to help us and play for us. and And she's working harder. She's transitioning harder. She's paying more attention to what's going on, you know, on the court, off the court, all those kind of things. And so that's just one example. But we, we have to continue to push that, and it takes the entire team to make that happen.
0: I have no doubt you'll, you'll be the driving force, and they will be receptive, and they'll continue to be a team that uh, Boilermakers everywhere can be proud of.
1: Well, and the other thing is, after you've played your first weekend on the road and your first weekend at home, there, there can be a little bit of a lapse. You know, okay, we've worked all summer for this, all spring and summer. Now we went out and did it. Okay, now what are we gonna, you know? There can be just a natural letdown sometimes, especially after your first home weekend. And so I thought on Monday we had a little bit of that. Yesterday we were pretty good. You know, luckily our schedule has enough really good teams. There's no reason for them to think this is gonna be an easy weekend because we will never have one of those, okay? So I think that now they've they've gotten refocused and and we're gonna be ready to, to continue to prepare today for Louisville. And uh, we'll leave there, leave here tomorrow and practice down there and then play on Friday and Saturday.
0: We'll, we, uh, we'll be watching from afar. That's what it seems like we all have to do because uh, no tickets are available for, for uh, outsiders. That's well, and, okay. and the other
1: announcement that came out today, I don't know, you may have been busy with the, the staff meeting, but um, we only have three matches that remain that have not been sold out. Now, I hope that they'll release some tickets on game day, Mm -hmm. which they have in the past. I don't think they did that last weekend, and yet when I looked at the two matches that were, quote, sold out, they were not packed to the rafters. And we have to figure out what the formula is to understand who might not be showing because there's a football game somewhere or, or it's Friday night and there's high school football or whatever it might be. And we've got to make sure we're filling every one of those seats. Uh, there's a formula for that. I just don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> now, one of those three matches that tickets are still available is, is next Thursday when you take on uh, Northern, Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. So get get yeah. your tickets there for And they're that. good. And they're
1: picked to win their conference.
0: They are. They've played some teams already. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. With, Coach, we'll leave it there. All right. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Boiler Corey. Up.
1: Boiler up.